Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now today, if you didn't know, is letter writing day when people are encouraged to communicate with each other in that most old fashioned way. And even though many will be posting cards at this time of the year, the sentiments written in them tend to be brief. Liz McGuire, who lives in Dublin, collects old love letters and has also kept busy with all her pen pans. Liz, good afternoon. Hi, Sean. Thanks very much. Uh, now you 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 started this kind of uh, um, uh, this passion, I suppose, when you were when you were a kid. Your your, your mother is a, a a collector of items as well. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Both of my parents have been uh, antiques collectors and and eccentrics my whole life. So we would spend a lot of our time going to flea markets, and that's how I first started collecting uh, vintage love letters. Right. And when you go around collecting them, how do you know they're love letters? Are, do you know are you allowed to read them first, or is it just bunches of letters? That's a great question. Uh, We at Flea Market Love Letters, we have a very flexible definition of love. So there are over 22 letters featured at the archive and they range from between mother to son and husband to wife and boyfriend to girlfriend and friend to friend. So it's uh, it's a very loose definition of love at Flea Market Love Letters. Okay, yeah. And so uh, and what what's the time range in these in in the sense of like what would be the oldest one you have and what, what are the more recent ones you have? Yeah, the oldest letter I have is from 1876, and the most recent would probably be about the 1950s then. Okay, and so in both those instances, there was no such thing as electronic communications. This was the only mode of communication. So I suppose, is is there a sense in these letters that this is far more important to communicate what needs to be communicated? It absolutely is, and I think there's a real, you know, one of the things that we miss when we don't have letters is you don't get those uh, sort of off the cuff ideas and things. There's there's far too much temptation to delete and to read your email or your text back and say, oh, no, I won't say that. I sound silly if I say that. I'll take that out. A lot of the letters from, you know, the 19th and 20th century are very, very pure and very honest because they aren't as edited as a, as a digital email or text might be. Mm. Are they well written? Oh, I would say they're they're very well written in some instances, but... I would judge more kind of the earnestness of the writer, particularly a lot of the soldiers and the GIs during the letters that are during the war. The spelling is all over the place. The writing goes off the page, but the the sentiment is there. So if you can if you can overlook a few spelling errors, they're really they're, they're the heart of the letter for sure. Yeah, because I suppose part of the reason why I, I ask that question is that in in digital forms of communication. We're reliant on emojis to indicate tone and that kind of thing. People Absolutely. didn't have that then. Absolutely. No, you're you're dead on. They didn't. And there's real uh, there's several instances in the letters where you might have someone because I don't often have the back and forth of the letters. You might have the second letter someone sends that says, OK, I don't know if you necessarily got the joke in the last letter. It mm. was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you're second, second guessing yourself. Letters, though, written during the Second World War. That, uh, I mean, the, uh, a lot of those must be poignant. Because, well, and then again, I suppose you don't know, but you can assume that at least a a proportion of those people never made it home. Yeah, there's one particular series on the archive, um, which is uh, several letter writers going back and forth. And when that came into the archive, it was donated. It was a gift. uh, And I was given a selection of the letters and then I was kind of reading through them and I realized that they were very poignant in that kind of way. And it ended up being that I ended up getting the whole collection of those letters because the gentleman, we believe, the gentleman who wrote them didn't make it home from the war. So Mm. it's incredible to have these kind of letters. And, you know, I don't make any profit off of the project. So if that family were to come to me tomorrow and say, oh, we didn't know about these, 
I would absolutely return them in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as Liz referred to, their fleet market, loveletters.com, is where, is where she has all these letters uh, archived and people can view them. Are they mostly American? Yeah, so there's a selection. Uh, as I've lived here since 2018, I've been trying my hardest to find uh, letters based in Ireland and things like that. I find a lot more postcards. Uh, particularly sent to Ireland. So I have a selection of Irish postcards, but most of the letters would be American, yeah. Yeah, okay. Of, of the Irish stuff you have, is, is is there a difference in tone? Uh, because it's postcards, it's much shorter, and it tends to be, you know, they called postcards basically the texts of the 19th mm-hmm. century, the 20th century. So it's very much got off the train, will meet you, mom well, ta, kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or did you remember to do this thing? <laughs> I, there's one I have that is just basically like bought new hat, think it suits me, see you Wednesday. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> that's all you need to know, uh, uh, really. Yeah. So, but, but you, you're an active letter writer yourself. In and, and as I understand it, during especially during lockdown, how many pen pals did you have? <laughs> well, uh, during the height of lockdown, I had about eighty to eighty-eight active pen pals, but it's not that way anymore. <laughs> wow, how many do you have now? Oh, probably about a third. I've I've kept up with several of them. But I was actually lucky enough this year, I've gone to meet several of them. So I've met pen pals in Barcelona and Edinburgh in London. It really, it's just totally opened my world. My word. Now, how do you reduce the number? Do you, do you have to break up with a pen pal? Do you have to send them a letter to tell them this? Or can you text them or just ghost them? <laughs> no, no. It happens that uh, a lot of letter writers, you know, during the lockdown, we had a lot of time to sit at home and to kind of fill the time. But as the world reopened, a lot of people, and I'm happy about it, a lot of people went back and they got back into hobbies and they were very passionate about doing things outside of the home. And so a lot of the letters sort of slowed down to a drip. And now at Christmas, you might get a Christmas card from someone who you wrote pretty regularly. But Mm -hmm. I'm happy to kind of see the letters, you know, either keep up a steady stream or to fade off. Because in my mind, I think, oh, you know, that person's out having some great adventure and good for them. Okay, but the the people that you do correspond with regularly, uh, especially yeah. the ones that you've never met, do, it, it, does it, you, do you develop a form of intimacy with them over time? Oh, absolutely. I think letters are like fingerprints. You know, you, you sort of learn someone's sense of humour and you learn their anxieties. And people tell you a lot in a letter that they might not tell you face to face. So I think that letters are a great way for people to get to know one another on a totally different spectrum. Yeah. So the people that you've that you have corresponded with that you've met in real life, were they the way you expected them to be? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been really lucky that the pen pals that I've met, one of my pen pals was in Spain and she uh I was going to Spain unrelated and I got a message and she said, you know, oh I work at this fantastic place, you should come see it. So I got to see her she works at this fantastic museum and she was so bubbly and full of life and she just matched her letters exactly and it's it's one of the highlights of my year was this kind of spontaneity that grew out of the letters and, and being able to meet a pen pal was just you know, you get goosebumps. Yeah. Okay, Liz, I have to let you go now. Before I do, though, I do know you want to uh, plug a charity event, Pints and Paperbacks. Quickly, off you go. Sure. So Pints and Paperbacks is the fifth book sale in a secondhand book sale series for Ukraine. All proceeds go to the Irish Red Cross. It's this Saturday, December 10th from 11 to 4 p.m. at L. Mulligan Grocer in Stony Batter. And anybody who would like to know more can follow us at in- on Instagram at read underscore two raise. Good stuff. Liz, thanks a million for talking to us today. That was uh, Liz McGuire there at fleetmarketloveletters.com. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.